and welcome to Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Hallowell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. And today we're checking in with the 2021 Super Bowl commercials. We're doing some pressing wildlife news. (laughs) And it's Cringe Mouth, The Prince and Me. Exciting. Really exciting. You guys follow us on Twitter. We're at Tea Time underscore 33. And on Instagram, we're at Tea Time Pod. Okay, before we get into the show, let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. All right, at the top, Tea Time is checking in with slash relating to other Ringer content. It's the (laughs) Super Bowl this weekend, and we're going to talk about the fun stuff that applies to Tea Time, which is the commercials. So (laughs) from 2021, we have already gotten a taste of what is on the slate. Some good, some bad, some like, okay. So let's go through a couple of them just from this year's Super Bowl. Okay, my first thought is that why do we already know all of the commercials. I don't like this. I like it for our purposes, for content purposes, because we can do this and talk Mm -hmm. about them ahead of the Super Bowl. But like, why why do I need to watch the Super Bowl now? You know, I've already seen them. My opinion on them is that it, during the Super Bowl, everyone's freaking talking during the commercials and the True. Super Bowl commercials are all hyped up to like the best in advertising all yada yada all year long. And I feel like this way I can actually watch it in the peace of my own home and in the quiet. And then by the time it's on the TV, I'm like, oh, yeah, I already know about Michael Jordan being Amazon. <laughs> You know? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And I also some of them like instead of releasing the commercials themselves before the big game, they release commercials for the commercials. Mm. It's like the trailers yeah. for the trailers. Like, I don't need a 30 second commercial being like, 
our Super Bowl commercial featuring this person. You'll see it on Sunday. Like, right. I, I just don't need that. That's <laughs> just a step too far. Disney and does lot, that with the teasers. Yes, they do that. And like with Marvel trailers, I guess I yep. get it because like people are obsessed with them. I'm like, it's a Super Bowl ad. Like, I right. just don't need two of them. Uh, so yeah, like a lot of the trailers like are actually out, but a lot of them are like, teasers for the yeah. big one on mm-hmm. Sunday. And Starting on far. such a salty note. <laughs> I'm going to raise the morale. I'm going to talk about Michael B. Jordan as Amazon Alexa, which is just mm-hmm. chef's kiss, a perfect commercial. Um, <laughs> the concept is that Amazon Alexa has like unveiled the new design of how it looks. And then this woman is like, it's flawless. I mean, I literally couldn't imagine a more beautiful vessel for Alexa to be. <laughs> da, 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 da. And then Michael Jordan is Amazon Alexa. And he's like, got these cool blue eyes and says things in this very calm, nice way. Way. Good commercial, I will say. Like really that good. one. Yeah. Um, what's another one? I think a commercial that's fine. Like, I'm never gonna use Scott's Miracle Grow because I just <laughs> never plan on owning a house. That's who I am. That's my generation. But um, it was kind of meh. But you know what? I did enjoy the cameos because we've got freaking Martha Stewart. Love her. <laughs> we got, you know, my fave John Travolta and his wow. daughter, Ella Travolta. That was very cute. They're very cute together. Uh, Stanley from The Office. Um, it was just like really great, great cameos. <laughs> Check it in on everyone, you know? So That's true. That's true. I have a mix. We kind of like staggered these from like ones we liked to ones we didn't like. Uh, <laughs> and I'm mixed on this one. I would like opinions from people on this podcast because Dolly Parton recorded five to nine a remixed version of nine to five for mm. Squarespace, all about how like your five to nine gig is like your actual passion. And like, that's what you're working on to make your dreams come true. Mm. Uh, some people were like, yes, great. More Dolly Parton. Always good. Mm-hmm. Other people were like, Dolly Parton has like succumbed to the capitalists, like, you know, yeah, over hierarchy, yeah. whatever. And is like, you know, whatever. Uh, and we have a huge nine to five fan on this podcast. So I'm just <laughs> curious, Elizabeth Kelly, uh, as as someone who listens to the song every day, or at least used to, how do you feel about the remix version? I am a nine to five purist. I will say I listen to that song literally every single morning on my drive to work uh, for a long stretch of time. Um, it was a stressful time at work, and <laughs> I like it because Dolly Parton can get that check, continue to donate to yes. the coronavirus research and vaccine. Yes. Um, but mm, sure, I can't believe it took this long for someone to cut her a check to like redo this song in a different way but I mean sure I think nothing will obviously top the original but yeah Dolly go get it get yours I agree I agree more Dolly is always better yeah Okay, so worst commercial that I saw one of which um, was Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis also shout out Mila Kunis she manages to land these enormous commercials and I think just like it's kind of staggering. Anyway, Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis are singing Shaggy in a Cheetos commercial when Ashton <laughs> accuses her of like eating Cheetos in the house. Shaggy appears. Um, the reason I don't like it is because Ashton Kutcher appears to really be singing. Like there is no, I don't know, editing of his voice. It is like pure Ashton Kutcher <laughs> singing and it does not sound too good. It's a little awkward. But again, props to Shaggy. That song came out in 2000. Wow. And he is still getting it and still like using that song so good for him it's timeless I, mean, I guess up there with nine to five on like the all-time <laughs> classics <laughs> there you go and then my last one from me is that there's a Matthew McConaughey Doritos commercial mm. that's going to be in the Super Bowl reminds me a lot of the Jason Momoa rocket mortgage commercial remember how he like sheds his big buff body and he turns oh into this God. do you remember that Amelia the yeah little shell horrific. of a man 
So Matthew McConaughey is like walking through life all deflated um, as this 2D thing. And then he grabs Doritos 3D and then oh you my know, God. reappears as himself. But he looks like, <laughs> it's a little too freaky. He looks like really <laughs> weird and I don't like it. Um, okay, Kate, you're next. Uh, I was you know, going through this list of commercials, watching, again, the commercials for the commercials and Fiverr, which is a company I don't know what they do. And I just, by the time I finished their commercial, I just didn't want to look it up on principle. Uh, they had this like slow-mo thing where they have this like, this warehouse door is opening and it's a slow zoom on like this warehouse parking lot. And I was like, okay, like, where are we going with this? And that, that's it. And it's like a cliffhanger for their real commercial. And I was like, what is the point of this? And I read the description and it was filmed apparently at Four Seasons Total Landscaping. Uh, oh my God. The infamous <laughs> spot where uh, Donald Trump's team accidentally scheduled his press conference. And I like appreciate a good like meme reference like that. Yeah. But the whole point of Four Seasons Total Landscaping was that it was an innocuous warehouse that looks like every other warehouse parking mm-hmm. lot. True. And like, True. It wasn't immediately recognizable. Uh, and so I just think expecting the general population, one, to know the Four Seasons Total Landscaping mm-hmm. joke, and two, to be able to recognize it on site <laughs> is just too far. It's just too far it for is. me and anyone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, however, with that said, I appreciated that they did not just throw a celebrity in there. Just hand a celebrity some money and be like, give us views. Uh, because that seems like just the constant, just just everyone's technique this year. And I guess yeah. it's just what you do with Super Bowl commercials. But yeah. just too many celebrities. Just like come up with a joke on your own. Be funny. Doritos used to be good at that. Yeah, I agree. What about past years? What have you guys like? Like, does anything stick out? I feel like our memory is pretty short. But <laughs> is there anything that really sticks out to you guys from past years? I mean, the first one that came to mind, for some reason, I just could not think of any old Super Bowl commercials, which is maybe good, maybe because I never watched the Super Bowl. I do sometimes. The Pepsi commercial from 2004 with Beyonce, Britney Spears, Pink, yes. Enrique mm-hmm. Iglesias, uh, just a beautiful time capsule of that era where it's three minutes long. First of all, it's just like insanely long. Yes, uh, longer. They, it needed to be longer. It did. It did. It should have been a feature film. Uh, but they enter this arena. They sing We Will Rock You. They feed Enrique Iglesias to a lion and they all drink Pepsi. Uh, and it's just iconic. It's just an incredible uh, I can collaboration. Picture. That commercial. So you're right. That is oh, one. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? And then, you know, the anti-celebrity front. I just love the Budweiser Clydesdales horses. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Every what time they come them? on, you see those fluffy feet. And I'm like, oh, it's the Clydesdales. It's majestic. It's like my inner, my like inner horse girl that like hides very far inside <laughs> for like the rest of the year just comes out all of a sudden and is like, oh. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, did love you, the horses. Did you like it when they do it with the dogs, like the horses and the dogs? Yeah, or just I do. purely the horses? No, I like the dogs too. I like when they're animal <laughs> friends. <laughs> that is sweet. That is pure. sweet. Yeah. Gets me pure. every time. <laughs> um, I think on that Pepsi commercial note, back in 2002, I mean, Pepsi, wow. You know, congrats to them in the early 2000s because they made some bomb commercials. And mm-hmm. and I mean that in like a good a good way. Uh <laughs> the Britney Spears through the years Pepsi Generation commercial. Um I can't even begin to tell you how I mean like I remember every little sequence. It's like her in the 50s and the 60s, 70s, 80s and then she's like drinking Pepsi and she winks at the camera. It's just like it that commercial, the Britney Spears Pepsi Generation commercial literally maybe never drink Coke until they invented Coke Zero like 10 years later. <laughs> I, I, it's wow, iconic. Those are powerful words, but I agree. I, I hate Pepsi, so that means a lot to me. Yeah. You know <laughs> 
Well, yeah, it's funny because like gross. can we I, be honest on this podcast? No, it is gross. It's Thumbs gross. Down. But it looks so cool in that light it blue does. can. Yeah. Like you know, it's just know. god damn it. Yeah, it really God, does. you know, marketing works. Um, <laughs> and then also I know this is like on the pro celebrity front, so I'm sorry, but the Snickers commercials where they take like old people and they throw them in. Yes. I freaking love <laughs> those, those commercials. You're right. Those <laughs> like the, are good. <laughs> the Betty White football game. Yeah. And then they had like Don Rickles. Is it and like Joe Pesci? You, it's you so aren't funny. you when you're hungry. Exactly. And then they eat the, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. See, those you are know, good. because yeah. they're so good. Yeah. Locked box yep. in here. <laughs> I'm still thinking of the 2011 commercial. This is also like a memory unlocked of the kid who is Darth Vader and he's going around his house yes. and like power things. And then the new Volkswagen, you can like hit a thing on your keys and it turns on and the kid like turns on the Volkswagen. <laughs> he's like so excited. Love that one. But I'm also still remembering a time just all the way back to 2020, Lil Nas X, like that <laughs> entire era yeah. of Old Town Road and his oh. Cool Ranch Dorito commercial with Sam Elliott mm. feels like a completely different time. And yet it was only <laughs> a year ago, which feels really freaking weird. That is <laughs> We're going to have a lot of like COVID commercials this year, I bet. Uh, like a lot of like bad damn. sort of like we're all suffering. Let's come together. We have to drink come together. Oh, <laughs> you know? God. Yeah. Cynical. Cynical. It's going to be tough. Okay. Uh, let's go into the next category. Um, this is not worth the tea slash this week in social media. At the top, we're going to briefly touch on the Armory Hammer and Marilyn Manson accusations. Um, you guys know this podcast is light, but this stuff is difficult, not fun to talk about, but we do have a duty to address it. So, Amelia, I'll give it to you. Yes. Yeah, so, slight trigger warning. We won't specifically talk about the abuse, but we do want to address, like Liz said, that in an Instagram post, Evan Rachel Wood named her abuser. And she's talked about this person in the past, I think, in interviews, but also she's testified in front of Congress about the abuse she suffered. And she named Marilyn Manson, who's all, who's, his real name is Brian Warner, and he's like a shock rocker, of grooming her and inflicting horrific abuse. And you can look up the allegations online. I don't think we really need to talk about it because it's they're really cut and dry. And then once she talked about it, uh, a lot of other women and men came forward and echoed her claims. And, you know, like Liz was saying, uh, this is a light, fun podcast. And these abuse allegations are just they're a really heavy thing to talk about. And it is uncomfortable. But again, we owe it to you guys to address it and also to support and stand behind the courageous women and men who are finally sharing their experiences. And then also on the topic of addressing people we've talked about in the past, uh, we know you guys know about the Army, Army Hammer allegations. We've, you've talked about it online and DM'd us and everything. And, you know, these are also really horrific allegations and claims of abuse. And we support the women who have bravely come out and talked about their experiences. And again, it's just, it's disgusting. And it is so harrowing for these survivors to have to relive their trauma. But, you know, without doing so, these men wouldn't be held accountable for their actions. So again, everyone on this podcast just, you know, applauds all the brave women and men coming forward. So. Believe women on tea time. That's our exactly. motto. Correct. Um, on that note, we're just going to pivot to some more of the lighthearted stuff. Uh, a little palate cleanser for you here. I know mm. it's been a while since we've done some wildlife news. A fan favorite. This is exciting. Um, <laughs> this week was Groundhog Day. And I have to say, this may just be because I have never seen the movie Groundhog Day. And so I mm. just, I don't know why I thought that it was like a real thing. 
But the the Groundhog Day celebrations were all over Twitter this week because the video was released where Punxsutawney Phil, uh, mm. iconic groundhog. Uh, <laughs> yeah, iconic groundhog. Only groundhog. The only groundhog that we care about. Uh, was accompanied by like all these men in top hats <laughs> and masks. Uh, and he came out and they put him on the stump. And I just like never watched this before, I don't think. And I think a lot of people hadn't. But this year we have nothing else going on. So we were all like riveted by the groundhog. And what I didn't realize is that he does not actually see his shadow. Did you guys know this? Like, there's no, no. shadow involved. Wait, what? So I didn't <laughs> Wait, know. This is actually news to me. The guy who's in charge of it, like the main top hat man, uh, he has like an official title, which I also have a lot of questions about how you take those steps in your life to <laughs> sure. become that person. Uh, but he he like makes two scrolls and one of them is like, six more weeks of winter and the other one is like an early spring and so they put this poor groundhog on the stump who's probably scared out of his mind and they just literally are like the two scrolls are there and whichever one he walks towards that's the one that they pick up and read that checks out it's random chance there's no shadow involved and so this year he walked towards the scroll that said six more weeks of winter uh fucking great of course he did Well, wow, but these guys are like watching him like, oh, like Phil has made his choice. Uh, and I just never I never really knew that this was how it worked. Uh, I was a little disappointed, uh, but I love the groundhog. That's really and funny. There were a lot of people making fun of it online and they were like, oh. this is how America decides things. And I was like, yeah, oh, you know what? Correct. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> On that note, there seems to be some confusion about hibernation online. Mm. And I just want it using our platform to say that um, I don't know what schools are teaching probably taught me this as well but hibernation like like bear whatever animals hibernating is not actually like taking a nap for multiple months and not like sleeping it's like this entire complicated process that their body like kind of like shuts down in all these different ways like their temperature lowers their heart rate lowers like all these things but I think everyone has this general idea that hibernation is you just like kind of like put your head on a pillow and sleep for like the winter and then you wake back up. It's much more complicated than that, you guys. Right. And I think some people were shocked this week. Yeah. yeah. This was like trending on Twitter. People yes, like it was. could not believe <laughs> that we had been taught this in schools. I think I genuinely kind of thought that that was how it worked. Cause yeah. Like, uh, yeah. The bear goes out, it eats food, it gets really fat, and then it right. goes and sleeps. And right. of course, you can't sleep for four months straight, but they never right. explain that part to us. Correct. We just moved on. <laughs> a lot of problems in our education system, um, that being one of them. Anyway, yes. that's all we have for wildlife news. So back to celeb news. <laughs> yeah. um, I want to talk about Chloe Bailey, who is half of the duo, Chloe and Hallie. Um, and she, you, first of all, we as a society just need to leave her alone. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, she's one of those people. She and her sister got very famous at a young age for singing online. And now they're in the era of their life where they're older. They're both in their 20s. They're starting to be, you know, free sexual beings as women are. They're both beautiful young women who are on social media wearing what they want, doing what they want. And Chloe Bailey especially has been trending a lot recently because she'll post these videos on Instagram or TikTok where she's just like dancing around. She's a beautiful woman. She looks great. Great dancer. And people decided to go after her being like, this is inappropriate. Uh, You should be ashamed of yourself. You're setting a bad example. And so uh, this past week, she went on Instagram. She was crying. She was like, it's so difficult to like figure out, you know, where you are in your life and grow up and like appreciate your body. And people just need to leave her alone. She looks incredible. She's extremely successful. She's also like 
over 20 years old. She's like, 22 years old. Did we She's learn, a grown ass woman. Did we learn nothing from the Miley Cyrus era? Like, exactly. what are we doing? Yeah. I know. Apparently not. Uh, <sighs> and that's exactly what it is. Again, it's just like feeling like this person is still too young to be doing this, which they're not. Like people grow and people change and she's beautiful and can do whatever she wants with her body right. uh, on camera or off camera, like straight up, none of our business. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she it's so harmless. She was just like dancing around her room and people were like, this is inappropriate. So yeah, the moral is just like, leave her alone. Leave her yeah. sister alone. They're yeah. incredible and successful and we support yeah. them. Yeah. So um, true. next one, little relationship news here. Yeah, a little tidbit for you all. Um, Shailene Woodley, actress, activist. Uh, she is apparently now dating Aaron Rodgers, who is the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Amelia, what the hell is this? <laughs> Literally explain it. I don't get it at all. So I read like an E! article and all it said, it didn't talk about how they met or anything. And I I think we were recently talking in Slack that we thought she was still with her rugby player boyfriend, yes. Ben Volva Volva. Is that Volva Volva? I can't. Vola Vola. <laughs> sorry, no. Vol- I just, that's, okay, you can cut that out. I'm sorry. That was. <sighs> Leave okay. it in. <laughs> okay. Sorry. He was Vola hot Vola. He was hot. Yes. And also we thought, well, I guess maybe we knew that. Aaron Rodgers was dating Danica Patrick, the race car driver, but right. apparently they split up too. And this is just very confusing. And But yeah. according to this E! article, it says they have seen each other and been in touch, which, wow, that's very descriptive. Thank you, E! What? Thank you. Vital <laughs> journalism there. <laughs> they continue to talk and see each other when they can. They are both focused on their careers, but they also make time for each other. Oh, God. I think that's cut and paste from, like, oh, my God. (laughs) Amelia. It's confusing. What does this do to Aaron Rodgers as, like, a celebrity and not a football player? Like, does this, so, like, he's a random guest host, Jeopardy, (laughs) amongst a slew of other people. I just kind of, what, what does this mean for the next, like, immediate future of his life as a celebrity? Is this better or worse? Like, what? I guess this is better. I don't know. It's confusing because I think that, So he used to date Olivia Munn and like Mm -hmm. they had that whole thing going on. But in terms of like fame, I guess I, well, I don't know. Would you say that Shailene Woodley is more famous than Olivia Munn or the other way around? I don't even know. Maybe more famous just because Big Little Lies recently was like, I think she's more famous. Okay. 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 Yeah. So I guess he's moving up the ladder. I don't, I mean, who knows? I don't know. If you want it, maybe he's like, maybe he's really interested in hosting Jeopardy. And it's, <laughs> he has been like talked about his love of Game of Thrones and the Princess Bride. Right. So maybe he wants to be more in that entertainment space. I don't know. Um, okay. It's, uh, it's weird. But his season came to an end just a couple of weeks ago. And she's been on set in Montreal to film Misanthrope. So mm. I don't know how mm. these people are. I mean, <laughs> Again, I don't know. Maybe they're Zoom dating. I I have no idea. It's confusing. It's really puzzling. Oh, boy. Yeah, but wish them the best of luck. Sure, sure, sure. Um, And then lastly, to wrap up this category, Kate. All right, really quick. You know, the Golden Globe nominations uh, were this week. We have a lot Mm -hmm. of actual podcasts. Not actual podcasts. This is an actual (laughs) podcast. But we have a lot of podcasts on the ringer (laughs) that uh, went into this more deeply. The big picture Mm -hmm. being one of them. But we just have to check in with our our perhaps one of our biggest feuds, our biggest tea time feuds, and that is with James Corden. Uh, wow. I like right. to think we were pretty early to the James Corden hate train. I think we were pioneers in that area. Um, <laughs> but he got a Golden Globe nomination yesterday. He was the only person from the prom 
who got one. Uh, we talked in depth about how much we hated that performance. Uh, <laughs> it's just a travesty. Really tough. Uh, yeah. The Golden Globes started with a nomination for Emily in Paris. Just like really pretty much stayed really? at that level. What the fuck? Uh, and you know, I mean, it's easy to joke about and be like, the Golden Globes are decided by like crazy people who don't matter. But also like, you know, when it's extremely white and people like mm-hmm. Michaela Cole are overlooked, it's like the systematic thing that just like, needs to be fixed at some point so it's Mm -hmm. dumb but also like can we do better please in the future thank you Mm -hmm. um so yeah you hate to see it you You really hate to see it (laughs) you do this episode is brought to you by ebay authenticity guarantee you'll know real when you get it it'll say ebay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it maybe it's a head-turning handbag a watch that says it all jewelry that makes you look like the gem Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Okay, let's do cringe mode, the prince and me. Um, guys, who wants to take this this plot description? I can do it. Don't all I love this up movie. at once. Okay, go ahead. I, I love that you love this movie. I wholeheartedly love it. Well, okay. I love two-thirds of this movie. Okay, uh, we'll right. talk about the disconnect between the beginning and the ending. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the Prince and Me stars Julia Stiles at the height of just like 2004 Julia Stiles fame. She's adorable. She plays a Wisconsin college student who is pre-med. She wants to work for Doctors Without Borders. And this fucking prince, who is the prince of Denmark, uh, decides through some sort of flawed logic that he wants to go to Wisconsin. We're going to get into that later. But he enrolls at her college. They, you know, are, are of course, lab partners. They fall in love. Uh, over time, he, like, comes home with her for the holidays to Wisconsin. Oh, well, she's already in Wisconsin, to Madison, where she lives. And she finds out that he's a prince when paparazzi take pictures of them making out in the library, as you do. Then the second half of the movie, which is very different from the first half, uh, she like follows him to Denmark. They get engaged after kissing twice. Sure. Uh, She decides that she's fine with being the future queen of Denmark. 
after maybe not even sleeping with this man yet, which just seems like maybe you should do that. Um, and then she decides that she actually doesn't want to like the day before his coronation ditches him. Then he shows up at her graduation Ends up with like a spur of the moment proposal at her graduation. Uh, there are three more sequels. None of them make any sense. Uh, and yeah, it's a great movie. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Let's do the highlights. Uh, Hit it, Amelia. Okay. Well, you know what? The Prince played by Luke Mabley. I don't know if I said that name right, but I think I did. Uh, you know, I appreciate how hard they're leaning into the Prince looking like Prince William, but also having the personality of Prince Harry. Mm -hmm. And this was kind of also at maybe, yeah, the height or the plateau of Prince William and Prince Harry's like maturity and how they were always in the news for doing stuff. And I think this is around the time when Prince William was still dating Kate and stuff. So it's like, ooh, let's capitalize on that popularity and, you know, just Take it from there. Turn our prince into a little hybridization. <laughs> so, you know, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, what else, Kate? Uh, the prince has this guy named Soren who works for him and like <laughs> follows him to college and like lives in his dorm room. And he's like, you know, just one of those like put upon cynical royal assistants who like hate their life, but have like this fondness for their royal charge. <laughs> and I just love those characters. It's like the um, the guy in the princess diaries oh, who ends yes. up marrying the queen. Hector oh, Elizondo. Yeah. I just love that like stereotype where they're like, yes, my lady. And they're like very formal. And then all of a sudden they're like chill and cool when you least expect it. Uh, just great. Just love that stereotype. <laughs> it is good. Uh, what else, Amelia? Uh, this is really random and I'm, I'm sorry. I just I had nowhere else to put it. But uh, <laughs> so one of the things uh, <laughs> about the love story between the two is that so he gets a job at I guess it's they tried to make it like the union at the University of Wisconsin. As someone who actually went to the University of Wisconsin, I was like, well, that doesn't it's not exactly right. But OK, fine. Um, and she teaches him how to use a meat slicer. And um, I don't I guess that was the beginning of their romantic journey together. <laughs> sure. And, yeah. And then later on in the movie when they're in Denmark and they're at this royal uh, ball thing and this is right before she tells him, I can't do this. Uh, he He's like, can I make you a sandwich? <laughs> and he has a meat slicer there to make her a sandwich. And it was just like this meat slicer as a romantic gesture. And that took me out. Oh my God. I, it was a meaningful scene. You're right. They did not try to make this humorous. This was legitimately like him declaring his love and dedication to her through the meat slicer. It's just like, wow. Okay, sure. It's special. It's special. Sure. Uh, genuinely uh, iconic scene in this movie. Uh, after they get together, you know, in Wisconsin, they decide that they love each other. They're studying in the library, the college library, and they're there with their friend who's like awkwardly across the table, although she's like having a great time being the third wheel, just like staring mm. them down. <laughs> they're like, have all this sexual tension. You know, Julia Stiles is like, oh, my God, I've read this page 15 times. And he's like playing with her hand. So she takes him to the stacks to make out. First mm. of all, he takes off his shirt, which just seems like not the move. When you're Making out in a college setting, like just leave your shirt on. That just seems like an obvious choice. But this genuinely the scene I watched this movie. I don't know when probably in high school at some point. And we had this the place called the stacks at my college as well, uh, which maybe they all do. I don't know if that's a common thing. I think but every so. time. Yeah, it must be every time I went in the stacks. I was like 
Prince and Me. Damn, they really went at it. They really went for it. And then I was like, damn, I don't have a prince. <laughs> so it's always like a little bit depressing in yeah, college sure. every time I went to the stacks. I never saw anyone making out there either. It was a little disappointing. I also had a disappointing like relation to this movie in which I had a German exchange student live in my house in high school. Was oh not God. a prince, certainly. Pretty sure he had a crush on my aunt and like tried to get with her. <laughs> Threw up on my sister's Prius and like was in general a pain in the ass. <laughs> His name was Jonas and I just did not really enjoy that experience. And I watched this movie. It was like, wow, what could have been? <laughs> and fucking Mrs. Jonas, but Jonas. no. <laughs> Anyway. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Liz's okay. foreign exchange student, <laughs> Okay. Oh Let's God, do some low lights. Oh, shit. That's funny. Okay. Um, just a major low light, like, right <laughs> off the bat in this movie. There are just, like, a lot of catalysts for, like, sending your fictional prince to Wisconsin. Mm. Like, it could have been a punishment. You know, he's, like, a kind of a playboy, like... Right. His parents could have been like, hey, let's send him to like the middle of nowhere in the U.S. to like just get his shit together. Mm -hmm. However, the one that they went with in this movie was that he's like, oh, I just want to get away from my responsibilities. And he turns on the TV and in the middle of Denmark sees a commercial on public television for (laughs) the girls of Wisconsin, where it's like girls gone wild. But just in Wisconsin, where they're just like, hey, take your top off. And then. Girls of Wisconsin apparently do that. And he literally sees that and is like, let's go to Wisconsin. (laughs) And not only that, not only that, he's like, let's go to Wisconsin and apparently enroll in college. Right. And not only live there, but enroll in college, enroll in like senior pre-med level chemistry (laughs) classes, like get a job. I it just makes absolutely negative sense and I'm obsessed with it. And the icing on the cake is that his like intro to Julia Stiles is that she works at Amelia, you called it the union, like the the bar restaurant thing right. on campus. And he goes after he's talking about beer, and then all of a sudden he's like, So you're gonna take your top off, right? <laughs> like you wanna take like cajoling her. And first of all, I have just so many problems. There's like no there's no excuse, right? There's no language barrier. He knows exactly what he's saying. There's right. really not that big of a cultural barrier where he could possibly <laughs> think that that right. was okay. Right. But there was something weird going on in this time period. Do you guys remember in Love Actually, which came out in 2003, a year before this movie, Colin goes to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yes, I thought of because, this too. Oh. Because like the girls there are like a little bit more promiscuous and he meets like January Jones and a bunch of other really beautiful Wisconsin yes. women. Like what was going mm-hmm. on with 2003 to 2004? That uh, it just just doesn't make any sense. I don't know You're where right. this came Those from. Those things are connected. They have to be connected yes. somehow. They must I don't know what it is. Coincidence. Yes. Wow. But there's something wow. there. Good point. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Anyway, what's another low light? Oh my god! Now I can't get past that. Um, <laughs> I actually do really want to look into that a little more. Uh, but yeah. Also, there was a scene where he's yelling at his parents, and he's like, "I want to go to Wisconsin," and he seems to use several accents <laughs> within this scene, like because he has this British accent, I think, that he uses yeah. for most yes. of the movie. But he kind of falls into this. I guess, Danish accent. I don't know. It was like several <laughs> accents in one scene. And a counter argument, he has the range. He can <laughs> play true. multiple, you know, iterations of himself, I guess. I thought a lot about these accent choices because they're clearly yeah. Danish. And so right. technically, they should have been using Danish accents. But then it's like, you, you just can't have your blonde heartthrob with like a Danish accent or Flemish or whatever right. the hell. 
so yeah, they should have just stuck with the British. I don't know what he was doing. There was definitely like some sprinkling of different vowels in there. And I don't know yes. why. Yeah. And they do the same thing in Beauty and the Beast. Like where like <laughs> one character, the candlestick has a French accent and everyone else is just like English or American. <laughs> it's very strange. Anyway, sorry. I just want to point he that out. He has the range. He does. He, oh why can't we should cast him Too in more good. stuff? Um, anyway, uh, I'm sorry. Okay. So, and as someone who went to the University of Wisconsin in Madison, uh, you know, they definitely did not do the seasons correct because it seemed like they didn't wear heavy jackets at all. And that was not from my experience. Um, and then also, they I don't think they might have filmed a couple scenes outside, but I don't, it's not, whew, I'm pretty sure they didn't film most of the movie um, there at uh, Wisconsin, which is sad because I think they could have had some fun, you know, Madison tidbits. Mm-hmm. Like there's a really great mm-hmm. uh, farmer's market and stuff like that. But I, get, <laughs> yeah. I get the budget, you know, the budget. Yeah. It takes place over the course of a, an academic school year, which you have to have a winter at some point. And they weren't, I mean, they were in t-shirts the entire time. A <laughs> little entire bit bizarre. time. Also, this movie was a perfect opportunity for like a makeover montage scene. And they just didn't do it. Like Julia Stiles seems to be like pretty low maintenance and her old light, like not really into beauty and fashion, but, and they could have done kind of like a princess diaries type makeover. Mm-hmm. And they just really just didn't she actually like kind of just dove right into the princess slash queen lifestyle which was like also weird which brings me to my bigger point which is that I know we've said it this movie just like gives me emotional whiplash it makes literally (laughs) no fucking sense so they meet it's the fall of her senior year then suddenly it's Thanksgiving and she's like oh just come with me to my family then they kiss in a barn and then all of a sudden they're like in love like really in love overnight and you're like okay okay they're in love then the paparazzi come and she's like no never mind and you're like no yeah okay got it and then <laughs> she has to take a Shakespeare exam and then is like I'm in love so then we're like yeah okay got it and then she goes to Denmark and then he's like this is it we're gonna get married and you're like okay they're gonna get married then she's in a ball she stares at a globe and then the globe tells her that she wants to go explore her own life then you're like fuck okay you're right independent and then at the very end he comes to her graduation she says cheese curse into a camera and then she's like no you know what yes you are the one let's get married oh like, my god like what is that I was like Ooh. fucking like my head was spinning yeah it's a agree, very weirdly paced movie it like really should have been two movies I think the the college slow burn is good you know like you get the sexual tension Blah, blah, blah. But then like the second half, like, first of all, just like sending them to Denmark. Like you got to keep it on the college campus. That's like where the magic happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just and like you just can't have them be engaged and then not end the movie. Like you just got to end the movie. (laughs) They're engaged. It's happily ever after. Mm -hmm. We don't need the hardships of royal life. Like we have the crown. I don't need to see Julia Stiles doing that. Um, So, yeah, this should have been two separate movies, in my opinion. Absolutely. What do you guys think, in your opinion, has aged the best and the worst? There's, there's a odd, normally, I think we all lean one way. There's a lot of weird tidbits in here. I feel like that is what <laughs> aged the best and worst. I guess, like, the best, in my opinion, is that in 2004, I mean, obviously, Google was around. Like, mm. Facebook wasn't invented until 2004, so, like, maybe not that. But don't you think you would have maybe stalked it or, like, Googled, quick Google internet search of, like, maybe this guy? And then after, before she boards a flight to Denmark, maybe shoot him an email being like, I'm coming. <laughs> Where can I meet you? Anything. Yeah. It just hinges on the fact that like, there's just zero technology to work with, even though it's 2004. Like, Julia right. Stiles, you have options here. But- I also, I also was like, oh man, like what are the odds that people don't know what the Prince of Denmark looks like? And then I was like, mm. I don't fucking know what the well, yeah. Royals right. of Denmark look like. Although I think I would if they looked like Luke Mabley, just for the record. Right. 
Um, my age of the worst is Julia Stiles' hair. She mm. has just like this incredible 2004 hairstyle. And I'm not saying she doesn't pull it off because I think she's adorable and she mm-hmm. like really kind of does. Mm-hmm. But it's like a, somewhere between like a grown out pixie and like yes. a bob. Mm-hmm. It has those like really chunky highlights. It's sort of like a maroon brown. Uh, and then like she has like a lot of the movies. She has it like pinned down really flat against her face mm-hmm. and then has these sort of like curls in the back that where like you don't brush it out where it's just like ringlets kind of in the back so it's like straight in the front curly in the back yeah uh really bad however my question for you is will this ever come back (laughs) on trend because as we know gen z is everything from the 2000s is back you guys will this specific hairstyle ever make the rounds again I feel like, yes. I feel like we, I might have seen it on some Instagram influencers where it's just like, okay, the, well, that's yeah, your choice. The slick down front yeah. already mm-hmm. is back. Mm-hmm. Right. The, Chunky the highlights part, are back. Yeah. Yeah. Oof, yeah. yeah. Ooh, I don't trust right. them not to not to start wearing this. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, what else, oh. Amelia? Worse, I think, um, you know, I don't know if you guys caught the Mussolini joke at the beginning <laughs> of this movie. She was talking, Julia Stiles was talking to one of her friends and the girl was talking about how she went to Italy and she slept with this guy from Italy and she was like, he was cute in a Mussolini kind of way, which is like, um, I'm sorry, when was <laughs> Mussolini ever cute slash when was this ever an okay joke? I think even in 2004, people would be like, Mussolini what? as in the fascist <laughs> yeah. Mussolini? I just whatever. Okay. Yeah. Really weird. Tough. Especially it's like a throwaway line. Like just change it. No one's gonna notice if you don't put that in there. Just fucking change it. Exactly. Um, timeless aspect of this movie is intrusive paparazzi. They ruin mm. their relationship temporarily. They like photograph them half naked in the stacks, blah blah. Still the yep. royal family and everyone celebrity deals with this a lot. So I guess, yeah. Taylor's yep. oldest time. And then lastly, Kate. Uh, what also aged the worst was the sequels for this movie. There was a time in my life, I don't remember why, but I sat down and watched all of these sequels in like two days on ABC Family, some sort of Prince and Me marathon. I miss you, <laughs> ABC Family, every day. Um, but the first one, obviously, Julia Stiles, Luke Mabley, like sure, you know, it wasn't a success, but it was popular, obviously popular enough to warrant a sequel. However, <laughs> Julia Stiles dropped out for the sequel. So there's a new actress and Luke Mabley in the sequel where it's like their royal wedding, <laughs> they're getting married, etc. Then in the third one, after apparently that one, the, all all the uh, the second, third, and fourth ones were all direct to video, just for the record. Um, <laughs> you couldn't the third guess one, already. The third one, Luke Malley was like, "Nah, I'm done." Drops <laughs> out. So then it's the girl from the second one with a new guy, Chris Greer from "You're the Worst," who actually of everyone in this movie, other than Julia Stiles, is probably has the best career thus far. <laughs> wow. Um, so he's in the third one, which is the uh, the Prince and Me, uh, the Royal Honeymoon. And then the fourth one, which is just actively (laughs) offensive. It's the Prince and Me, the elephant adventure where they go to India, which just cannot be good. Oh my God. I don't think I've seen that one actually. Yeah, I think I've just seen the first three. Uh, But yeah, really tough. As soon as Julia Stiles left, it was all over. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I don't recommend the sequels. They should have closed the book on that. Um, uh, Let's do MVPs before we do the lightning round. Kate, who's your pick? Uh, very obvious choice for this movie, but I just wanted to spread the love. So I'm going to go with Luke Mabley because I think he's really hot and I think his career deserved better. I think he's very charming in this movie. Uh, mm. And yeah, I just sure. wish wish he'd, you know, done a couple more movies yeah. that I'd ever heard of. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Understandable. Who's your pick? Um, I would say, you know, justice for Julia Stiles. I think she's a great actress. I recently did a little rewatch of... Um, 
Dexter and she was in it and I was like, mm. wow, she is really talented. And she, obviously she showed up in um, Hustlers in the journalist role and, you know, just wish she, give her more work. Give mm-hmm. her more work. You know, I, I agree. agree. Yeah, I'm going to add to that. I just think it's her. And I also love a movie where she has to like recite or explain Shakespeare in like a dramatic way. Just like 10 Things yeah. I Hate About You. And <laughs> good point. you love to see it. Works um, every time. Works every time. All right. Let's do the lightning round. Who wrote the first one? I did. Should this movie have included more college slow burn or more fun royal engagement plot? College slow burn. Give us the seasons. Give yes. us a snow fight. Yes. Give us a little cold Eskimo kiss. Whatever. I say that. Yeah, I agree. Like I said earlier, it's just very weirdly paced. They should have just done like three fourths college slow burn. A little conflict at the end. End it with a proposal. Bam. Done. Totally. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't understand. It was like like we've discussed. It's two different movies. I even had to like do the speed up times two on Netflix. I can't believe you did the, that. The second half of this movie because I was like, I don't. OK, this is. Yeah. No one cares fun. about fighting with her parents in Denmark. Like we don't need that. Or at Very least true. if we do, just put it in the sequel. Like it's yeah. fine. Very mm-hmm. true. Um, guys, which science lab scene had more sexual tension? The one in Twilight or the one in Prince and Me? I think there's an obvious answer here. And it's Twilight. Yeah, the it's fist Twilight. clenching and the teeth gritting. There was none of that in The Prince and Me. Yeah, you need like a little sprinkling of murder to really amp up the sexual tension. <laughs> yes. I'd yeah. also like they're in appropriate safety gear in The Prince and Me, which just like kind of kills the mood. Like they're That's- in lab coats and goggles and gloves, which like is great. I'm glad that they're being safe, but like mm-hmm. just not sexy. That's mm-hmm. funny. That's true. It's true. I would also argue, how about Ethan Kraft forgetting the word chemistry and saying, what's that class will never pass? We don't have it to Lizzie McGuire. That was classic. That unlocked build. a deep memory for you, Amelia. It I really appreciate did. you bringing that it up. really did. Thank you. All right. Lastly, last question. Who wrote this one? Uh, it was me. Who should actually have replaced these actors when they left the sequels? In a perfect world, who would we have tapped in? for the future Prince and Me's. <laughs> I personally think that Paul Bettany could have played this Prince role in his sleep. This was 2004. Mm-hmm. He was in Wimbledon with Kirsten Dunst, oh which, my God. by the way, yes. fucking great movie. We should add that as a future cringe mode. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he was still young. He was in, like, his leading man phase. And he would have been a great Prince of Denmark. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think Mandy Moore could have done this role. Uh, love yeah. her. I think Michael Caine could have been Soren because Soren yep. gave us nothing yes. in this performance. <laughs> And there's more layers to him. It's that true. That is so true. I also thought that the in the subsequent sequels, this would be a half-assed job for Sarah Hyland, you know? As Julia great. It's true. Character. Someone like in that vein where they're like recognizable, but like, you know, D-list or whatever. Right. Sorry, yeah. Sarah right. Hyland. Yeah, yeah, I agree. True. Yeah. All right. Let's do tea times. Unanswerable questions has the last category. I'll go first. Guys, we need your input. I'm scared to ask, but do... Me and Amelia need to get involved in Southern Charm because we have been trying to avoid it. I've been trying to avoid it for weeks because there's yes. Jay Cutler, Kristen Cavallari drama that I like chose not to read and engage with. But now Smart. all over the news is this A-Rod J-Lo Southern Charm drama with all surrounding this woman, Madison LaCroix. And I just need to know, is this something we need to get into? Amelia, do you have thoughts on this? I really hope not because I tried watching an episode with my mom because she watches the show and I was just like bored and I just don't care about people named Shep. Like it's just, you know, <laughs> I don't have the time. I, I mean, know. I do, but I don't. 
It feels like, if anything, I know you're watching Real Housewives. I feel like I mm. should get into that before I get into yes. Selling Charm. I haven't even, apparently, I mean, it's a Bravo show, but I like feel like I have not even heard of it until it came up in the last couple of weeks with all this drama. Right. Exa- exactly. It's like, I uh, I don't, I, I'm, I'm on the periphery and I don't know if I need to be fully engaged right. in it. I feel know? like Kate trying to relate to Bachelor drama where like the names are kind of confusing because <laughs> you don't actually have faces to names. And you're like, yeah, I get, I get the gist of the drama. But right. Yeah. right. Okay. If you guys have thoughts, if you're big Southern Charm fans, just, you know, <laughs> slide into our DMs and tell us otherwise. Um, okay. Next question. Okay. I'm absolutely obsessed with this and I'm so excited to talk about it. Lil Uzi Vert uh, implanted a $24 million pink diamond in his forehead. Uh, I have spent the last 24 hours researching this to understand, first of all, why. Second of all, why. Uh, And third, how. And I'm no closer to all of those answers. Okay, so it's a $24 million pink natural diamond. And... You need to just look up the picture because I mean it's what you're it's what you're expecting. He has a huge diamond, probably the size of like the first digit of your thumb, uh, and it looks like it's implanted in his forehead, like Vision, like in the Avengers. Uh, he spent so much money on this diamond. He said that it's more than his Bugatti, more than his all his cars together, plus his home. He said this took so long. Now I can get this money. So unclear how long he has spent saving up. Uh, for this, but he's very invested. He's put a lot of thought and work into it. Um, I I was like, how is it in his head? Like there were a lot of people when this first came out, we were like, how? Uh, He went on his Instagram stories and it's like a belly button piercing in your forehead. Uh, I'm going to tell my sister to stop listening now because she's very queasy. Uh, So apparently, according to his Instagram stories, they put a big bar under his skin in his forehead. And like, that's how it's there. And then apparently once that heals, it's going to be a shorter bar, but it like moves around. Okay. All right. Uh, Makes me actually queasy. Me too. And he said he was like on Instagram, apparently it like has some sort of wound right now, which of course it does. It's in his forehead. Things are not meant to go there. Uh, He said, if it's taken out wrong, shit could literally kill me. Why did you do this in the first place? Oh my God. Uh, Uh, That's wild. I just, it makes no sense. It also like it's pink. So it kind of looks like a big zit. Like I just, there's no part of this that makes sense to me. It's like almost off center. Like it looks like it's too close to one eyebrow because I think because it moves back and forth a little bit. Uh, It's just horrifying. My stomach. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) The infections that will come from that open wound (laughs) on his face just makes me so just like really, really, really nauseous. He's gonna take oh. it out. Like, there's just no way. It but can then, what just does he do like this. with the gaping hole in his face, Kate? Let it heal and just give up oh, on this sad dream. This sad I, dream. It makes no sense to me. I just, it's insane. You guys really need to look it up. I feel like we haven't focused enough on the money aspect. That like the cost I of said yeah. he's been saving for years. Absolutely <sighs> wild. <sighs> but just, yeah, I just makes you lose faith in humanity a little bit. <laughs> Oh God! I mean, if it makes you happy, (laughs) yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on. Last one, last one. Okay. Um, you know, this year I was like, I'm gonna actually read more because (laughs) I really haven't been great with doing that. Um, so I'm just putting out an ask: What is what books are everybody reading? Like, what are you reading right now? I've been trying to read more as well. Mm -hmm. Uh. I know Jam Session does a lot of book recs. Maybe we yes. should listen to them yeah, uh, and take some notes. Good, yeah. Recently, I think the most recent thing I read was Red, White, and Royal Blue by mm. Casey McQuinnan, which is 
So overhyped, you guys. It's similar to The Prince and Me, actually, (laughs) Uh, where it's like the son of the president falls in love with like the Prince of England. And it's kind of like a enemies to lovers, like rom-com book. Uh, People have been hyping up this book for years. And I was like, fine, like I'll finally read it. I'm trying to read more. Just like really overhyped. Like it killed a couple hours and like, that's fine. That's what it was meant to do. But I don't know. I just don't know if I can recommend it. I think people, it was really overrated. That's really funny you said that because, and Amelia, funny you asked because just yesterday I was texting my sister about book recommendations. She reads like a fiend and she, she suggested multiple, but one of them, she's like, yeah, I just read um, the red, white and royal blue book. So everyone's reading that, Kate. Interesting. I know. It's, I mean, it's fine. I don't want to be like, it sucks, but. It's yeah. a little overhyped. In my Did your sister like it? She I didn't know. read it. Oh, oh your wait, sister. which sister? <laughs> oh, sorry, Liz's sister. But I mean, Anna Rebecca. Like yeah, she did. I think she did, but she likes to read fluffy in between all the. She's yeah. in like medical school. Um, but she also, if you guys want to read with me, I just started Homegoing by Ya Jesse, and I love oh. historical fiction. So for those who are Nerd. a fan, it's okay, Ghana in the 18th century. <laughs> anyway, it's supposed to be like really oh. fucking good. It was one of Oprah's best books of the year. Oh. And we can read it together if you would like. I can always trust Oprah. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. sounds good. Okay, this is good. Thank you. I feel like we should also hear from Kaya, who is a notorious yes. fan oh, and reads books like freaking crazy. <laughs> Uh, I actually just this week finished The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. And it was really, really good. I highly recommend. Um, It's actually pretty a quick read. I don't know how many pages it was, but it's on the thicker side. But I got through it really quickly because it's very like plot driven. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's basically about these twin sisters who grew up in the Southern community where everybody in the community is black, but they are very light skinned to the point where they could almost pass for white. And mm-hmm. one of the sisters does decide to do that and kind of vanishes. Um, and it's just like a really beautiful story, a lot about like identity and family. Hmm. And yeah, I highly recommend. Great. Awesome. Kaya, how, many, how many books did you read last year? I'm just curious. Oh, uh, last year, I think I read over 40, oh, like 40 to 50. God. God. You guys, there was a pandemic. I had a lot of time on my hands. Okay, so did so. I, but I don't even want to tell you how many books I read. So, okay. It's okay. You watch a lot of seasons of Love After Lockup. We all have our priorities. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Oh, okay. okay, if you guys have book recs, uh, also just message us. We'll read them all together. Um, yeah. Okay. That's it for Tea Time this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Kaya, our producer. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Alwell. And I'm Amelia Wattmeyer. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.